2: Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. I'm Mark Cox, along with my co-host, Bo Matthews, producer Carl Middleman. Hi. And we are happy you are with us uh, for the show this weekend. Uh, we got lots of great stuff to get to. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, a legalized pot and buying guns. That's always a hot topic, isn't it, Bo?
3: And bourbon, uh, and bourbon, we're going to talk. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, they got to change the name from that department from ATF to ATFE E. Yeah. for explosions.
2: Exactly. Sounds like a fun weekend. ATF. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. To 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 uh, be clear, we're not talking about buying bourbon and guns. We're talking about uh, a judge's decision recently that basically said you, just because somebody is a user of marijuana is not a reason for them not to be able to buy a gun, uh, that would be a big change on that Form 4473 that you fill out when you buy a gun. So we're going to talk to the folks at Gun Owners of America about that issue and what they think needs to happen next and what the chances are that you know, that decision by that federal judge in Oklahoma City could have a long, longer-lasting impact.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. I was at a, I was at a lunch uh, yesterday, by the way, Mark. I wanted to mention because you're an RV guy, um, and uh, uh, Warren Patton, uh, the president of the St. Louis uh, RV organization, put the big show on. We talked to him a few weeks ago. Yeah, I went. And at that at that lunch, he is expanding Byerly RV along 44 for like this huge like uh, facility for you know mechanic you know, to expand their their repair services, storage. I mean, they're using all this acreage out there. And of course, they've got you know 14 different brands that they sell. But man, Warren is so knowledgeable, and he is really utilizing that ground out there uh, for RVers that come through our area, or like you, uh, you know, travel from here with an RV. So I I'm, thought that
2: was a uh, point. I'm glad. I'm happy for them because anytime you go down there, there are people parked on the road out in yeah. front of it, waiting to get in, <laughs> waiting to get in, so they they can use. I'm sure they can use a little more space down there for all those great RVs. Yeah, and we're getting stuff. close to RV time, don't you think? Oh yeah, it's coming up. What's you your first? To, um, that's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. We have a big trip planned in July, but I'm sure we'll go somewhere uh, closer to home before then. Should be fun.
3: Yeah, my my neighbor retired AB guy. He uh, I love it. They they plan out their entire year of trips. They know where they're going in August. They know where they're going in September, and it, it it's just it's just really cool. The RV lifestyle is. Uh, and and by the way, they were up like thirty percent at the RV show downtown. Uh, is what I got from Warren, so that's huge.
2: It was it was a great event. They they did a really good job of that, and of course you don't go down there looking without finding something you'd rather have than what you already have. Uh, <laughs> they were it. dealing, baby. They they had some good deals down there. We, we 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 put off ours till the future, but we're gonna we're gonna do that down the road somewhere. Big
3: fifth wheel. Yours is like so. eight months old. My goodness. No, it's a
2: twenty eighteen. <laughs> we've had it for a year, but still. Down, somewhere down the road. It got me thinking about what I want to do. Sort of like play some poker. I would love to sit down and play some poker with you, Bo. How could I do that coming up?
3: Yeah, come on over tonight. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, well, we, we probably need the practice for the Big Dogs Poker Bash, uh, which is uh, coming up on March 5th at the Eureka Community Center. And uh, we just had a meeting last night about it. As a matter of matter. We're having meetings every week because Sounds we're just like a it. few weeks out now. Yeah. Um, if you go to Facebook, and search seventh annual Big Dogs Poker Bash. You'll find the page. If you want to purchase uh, raffle tickets for the firearms, which you don't need to be at the game for that, we have a, a beautiful desert uh, Glock uh, nineteen, desert Bra- desert tan, I guess they call it, and a Henry Boy uh, uh, twenty two long rifle. Those tickets are featured on the Facebook page for this uh, event. You can actually buy the tickets through Venmo. And uh, you would just send the money to EPOSF. That's uh, that's the search that you would look for. Um, but I wanted to uh, get up with uh, Chief Wigan out in Eureka uh, to talk about why we do this. This is our seventh annual. So Chief Mike Wigan is uh, joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Uh, you know, we've been hanging around a lot. People are going to start talking, Chief.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love hanging around with you guys. It's it's great. Sure, you do. Wonderful time. <laughs>
2: That's what um, he's saying uh, on the radio anyway, but, but go ahead.
4: <laughs> You're <Yeah>, right.
2: Uh, <laughs>
3: Chief, the the, the the planning is coming together. We are still looking for donations from any businesses out there. Anybody that wants to sponsor something, you can contact me directly. But the, the big question is, what are you doing with the money that is raised?
4: What happens is when, when funds are uh, allocated to the fund, we have a group, uh, and it's the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund Group, who decides if a police officer's hurt or injured. If you remember last April, we had a stolen car situation out in Eureka. Uh, One of our officers was trying to stop the stolen car. He was stuck in traffic and we were trying to get to him. And the officer was going to try to grab, go up there and pull him out of the car. But, uh, Another car slammed into him, hit him, uh, and pushed him against the guardrail. So he was out of work for quite a while. Uh, the police officer support funds kind enough to go in and help him pay some of his bills, his medical bills, some of the things that aren't covered uh, under his insurance, went over and made sure his family had food. Uh, the kids got you know the meals, everything they needed to go to school, um, whatever that, that they could do to help in some small way. It's, it's a mini backstoppers organization within the police department uh, that these guys help us with. Uh, very important at the times of need when these officers are worried about their, their future and, and don't have to worry about what's going on at home because we help pay for some of the bills. But it's it's a great, great benefit for them this year. And, and for the last seven years, we've been raising money. The money used, uh, a lot of the money that used is to go to our new police uh, workout facility that we're going to have in our new police building, which is going to be underway here real shortly. They're going to break ground for sometime probably uh, this summer. Um, We're going to have an 800 square foot workout facility for wellness. Uh, A lot of emphasis being put on officer wellness right now. And uh, not only mental wellness, but physical wellness. And we're going to have a workout facility for these guys and girls that work for us that they can keep themselves Physically fit.
2: That's the that's in the that's going to be in the Chief Mike Wiegand building, isn't it? They're naming that after you, right?
4: <laughs> well, they, they they decided to do that, but you know, I'm sure I'll do something that will change their mind before it's all over.
2: <laughs> I thought so. Congratulations, that's fantastic. They normally wait well, till you're you, gone sir. before they do that.
4: Yeah, mo- normally when you're dead, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is quite the honor, though, Mark and and uh, Bo. Both, yeah. I, I, some of the guys got behind the scenes when I was. Uh, taking a vacation day here last year <laughs> or two years ago, and I uh, decided, hey, you know what? This guy's been here for the longest time ever, and uh, he's done a lot of stuff. So,
2: Chief, I'm, uh, I'm just going to
4: honor me with that, and it's 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 truly an honor. And I, I, you know, I'm, I cry and I tear up every Aww. time I think about it. It's hard to believe it's been 40, 45 years already up here.
2: Well, but well, well deserved honor. Yes, it does. Thank you. Uh, you know, I was down Thank there you. last year. It was my first uh, polka dog. Uh, uh, tournament uh, and big dog poker tournament and got my butt kicked but I had a great time it was great to see the room (laughs) filled with people who were all there for the same reason and that is to give back right to support that cause and there's some great auction items that are auctioned off and I I, I can't wait I'll be there this year and um, apparently I've got a bounty on my head already according to Bo it's going to be fun yeah
3: oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, Chief, uh, you, you, your crew is always great, and a lot of the police officers and firefighters will be out there as well. Um, but uh, Mark, I have to tell you, uh, you know, the new city hall and, and the new police department—that's going to be hopefully open within a year or about. I did ask uh, the chief last night, uh, uh, where's uh, you know, what's my office going to be like? He says it's going to be six <laughs> foot by nine foot and a steel toilet. No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat>
5: <laughs>
3: uh yeah, you know chief you, you never you never you never play in the poker tournament and why is that?
4: It's cuz I'm working. Somebody's got to volunteer <laughs> some time here to get get everything wet ready for you guys to play. We want to make it as comfortable and fun as possible. So, you know, it takes some work behind the scenes to do that.
3: Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, the food's going to be great, and we've got a lot of great supporters already. But again, the extend I want to extend the invitation to get your business involved. No matter where you are, we've got businesses all over the bi state area that are donating to it. Uh, we have sponsorships available. You can also donate a basket or uh, you know a, an item that your your company sells. Uh, we're about ready to meet up with New Way. They uh, donated tools like you know power tools last year, so they're going to be coming back. And a lot of people are coming back over and over and over. We're so grateful for that. But, uh, Chief, thank you for your time uh, today. Be safe and hi to mom.
4: Hey, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, next time we catch up, I'll buy both of you lunch.
2: Nice.
3: Okay. I
4: All love right. that. All right. That sounds like a plan. Guys, Chief, thank and you. I, yep. Thank you.
3: And I still owe him a steak dinner for getting his <laughs> silencer before I got mine.
2: Dang it. I know. Well, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a good trade. You can get dinner and, and lunch out of it. <laughs> yeah, good. right. You're it's only a paying for one of them. The yeah. entire day, but. <laughs> <laughs> of eating sounds wonderful wow yeah good good for you i'm glad you guys are doing that again anyway uh details uh remind people bo where they can go again to to uh sign up for the poker bash or, or give Absolutely. you donations
3: uh simply go onto Facebook and search the 7th Annual Big Dogs Poker Bash. It's in Eureka at our new location this year, the Eureka uh, Community Center. It's going to be a great venue for us and uh, we're selling seats and taking donations. So thank good, you very much good. for Fantastic. the time on that. Yeah, hey okay.
6: Mark, what is three days before
2: that? Oh, three, let's see. Hmm. Oh yes, that's Mark's Mash. That's when we're going to get together and uh, uh, sample some good bourbon if you want to do that and <sighs> Uh, that is going to – you can go to 971talk.com slash events to find out more about it. That's going to sell out. We're already out of VIP tickets. Uh, capacity over at the Clayton Winehouse, about 200 people, roughly. And I'm pretty sure it'll 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 sell out before it's over. It's 25 bucks general admission to get in. And the main reason they're charging anything is that you're getting – let's see, six or seven different bourbon vendors are going to be there. Four Roses, New Riff – uh, Green River, Garrison Brothers, uh, Oak and Eden, which is one that, you know, I've got to do a barrel pick with them, which is really nice. I got to, I, I picked out a nice wheated bourbon, which is fantastic. You're going to get to sample all those. Up. Round Pond Winery out of uh, Napa Valley is going to be there for people that prefer wine over bourbon. They're going to have appetizers, so you'll have access to food. And it's going to go on for like two and a half hours. So, It's a great venue. Clayton Wine House is right across the street from the Tropicana Bowl there in Clayton, if you've ever been over there. And uh, it's going to be great. It's March 2nd. So go online, get your tickets today, and uh, we'll have a great time.
3: Is there anybody that has ever tried if there's a, a good wine that you could, like, you know, put a little bit into some bourbon for a flavor? And and I'm being serious. I mean, who, who the first time you ever had ketchup and mustard together, you were like,
2: uh, "Oh." They use wine barrels, don't they, for bourbon mark? They they do, I believe they do that for some bourbons. I believe there are bourbons you can find out there that are they they more often they they, they repurpose the bourbon barrels for something, but sometimes they will take a certain type of bourbon and store it in a in a in a cask for a month or two that's had Wine in it if they want to get that kind of accent in it. I don't know that you would add wine to it though.
3: Okay, well I'm crazy. I'm just uh, you know thinking (laughs) out loud. I I threw Uh, up
2: a little bit of my mouth when you said that, so
3: I'm. I know you did. I know you did. (laughs) But but is there any bourbons that are out there that have that uh, a fruity hint?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely the the bouquet that you could that we could find. I'm sure we can find the perfect bourbon for you. And, and while one doesn't come to mind that that would have the wine taste in it, uh, Bo, we can the 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 joy is experimenting. You see, we will just have to go to a store and find one that says it has the floral bouquet of a good cab, and we'll we'll pull that one out for you. I'm not saying I
3: want that, but, you know, when I worked at my mom's donut shop growing up, we had the, you know, the fountain drinks, you know, root beer, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi Coke, and we would do what you call suicide, where you just, you know, put a little bit of each of them, even a little coffee, a little milk in there. I'm just saying, just try it. Maybe a little drop of sangria in your, You're getting, I know you want to dang- punch me so dangerous
2: bad. <laughs> pro- dangerous area there for bourbon snobs. We 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 don't, we don't like that. We like single barrel, whatever came out of that barrel kind of stuff usually. Just me. That's just okay. me. Okay. <laughs> hey, come before you don't think outside the box. Before the show's over today, we're gonna tell you about another great bourbon event that that's coming up that is a fundraiser for first responders. And you know how much we love to support first responders on this program. So we're gonna talk to a former St. Louis Blues player who's gonna be there. Very cool stuff.
3: Yeah, I don't know how we got that uh that number for uh for this uh, superstar enforcer from the blues. <laughs> uh But we made connection with Reed Lowe. You're going to hear Reed Lowe on Second Amendment radio on the Great Outdoors. How cool is that? And a secret about him that I don't think many people knew, and that'll be coming up. (laughs)
7: <laughs>
3: it is Second Amendment Radio on the great outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman is in the house as well, executive producer. Pew, pew. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory featuring the Six Hour P322 still and they also have Mantis X. We've been talking about uh, that a lot and we'll continue to do that but if you're looking for any type of firearm go to your gun concierge Razorback Armory in DePair on Manchester Road. Find their address and learn about uh, Jesse and Brad and the crew uh, at RazorbackArmory.com.
2: So here's a discussion we have uh, quite often uh, that if you go into Razorback Armory or the range or wherever you go to buy your, your weapons and you fill out that form 4473 at some point about halfway down the form I think you come to question like 21E I think it is that asks you out. that asks whether or not you are a user of an illegal substance like marijuana or, you know, some other controlled substance. And that, that is a still federally illegal, even though a lot of states now, like Missouri, effective last weekend, it is legal to have recreational marijuana, to buy it, to use it. So you have a conflict when you face uh that that form and now we have aiden johnston with us who is uh, gun owners of america's federal affairs director he's been on before he's a st louis native and we wanted to talk to him about this because a a judge in oklahoma has actually made a ruling on this recently which is pretty interesting aiden welcome back to the show
6: thank you so much for having me on
2: yeah, feel free to correct me there. I don't know if it's question 21 or not, but it seems like it's something like that, uh, where, where you face that question on your 4473, and this has been a dilemma for a while, right?
6: Yes, so you're absolutely right about uh, you the form where you have to check that box, and the, the problem is it's not illegal, right? It's only illegal under uh, some archaic federal law in Missouri. You know, you guys have legalized. Um, recreational marijuana uh, and medical marijuana, et cetera. So why should you be prohibited from exercising your constitutional right to keep and bear arms for engaging in what is lawful activity in Missouri because some bureaucrat won't take that question uh, off that federal form? <laughs> well, That's may- ridiculous. You shouldn't be going to jail.
2: M- maybe, Aidan, but, but I, I would argue that it also mentions controlled substance there. Like if you're illegally using... Uh, you know, oxycodone or hydrocodone or whatever, something like that. Hopefully you're not using that at the same time you're using weapons. Maybe they just need to remove marijuana from that question.
6: Right. Well, whatever your position is on uh, the legalization of some drugs or, or, or marijuana specifically, um, if a state has chosen to legalize something, um, it's ridiculous to deprive someone of, of their constitutional right. uh because they're following and abiding by a state law. Um, But you're absolutely right. There are bills in Congress that are uh, much more targeted than uh, letting anyone who does any kind of drugs uh, have any type of firearm. Um, And and often it's much more, uh, the solution is much more simple, just taking marijuana off that uh, federal schedule. um, So it's no longer regulated, no longer uh, rather criminalized um, in such a way. And then if you did that, um, all the gun problems would sort of disappear with that question, and people who use marijuana at the state level uh, would also not be guilty of some sort of federal crime.
3: Aiden Johnston is our guest from Gun Owners of America, uh, the federal affairs director. Uh, hey, it's Bo. Um, you know, if you back up and, and look at it from a thirty thousand foot view, and the tinfoil hat is on securely, um, you think that okay, uh, people there's there's a lot of people that do want legalized recreational marijuana, so they do that. I could almost foresee a push for a drug test at the gun store that uh, could you know not just trust a, a a person filling out that form 4473 but actually do a drug test big picture down the road maybe 5 10 20 or whatever it is to then uh, to then unarm America in a way well hey we gave you the the weed you wanted the weed there you go and now we're going to change it I think that is is a, a scary proposition uh, when you think of it as both parties are supporting, you know, recreational marijuana, and then you have the the right really pushing for the Second Amendment. Your thoughts on that idea?
6: Well, I think it's best to never give a bureaucrat the chance to say no. So adding some sort of extra test you have to pass before you can go and purchase a firearm is going to be a problem no matter what way uh, you spin it. I would I would not like to see uh, a new drug test implemented. I think that most people that go to the gun store to buy a firearm are law-abiding citizens. And and we know for a fact that uh, the people, like criminals and people that are going to break the law with firearms, get their guns illegally off the street anyway. um, So, you know, I don't think that something like that would make us um, any safer. And I think that if we're going to say as a society that people can, you know, use marijuana recreationally or medicinally or whatever... Um, And that's a lawful thing to do that you should also be able to defend your uh, your home, your loved ones, uh, your life uh, with a firearm, if you so choose. So we we do the same with with alcohol. It's not like if you drink alcohol, you get drunk and party on the weekends that you can never own a gun or defend your life anymore. Um, And so I think if we're going to decide the same on marijuana as a country, whatever we do, uh, then everyone who participates in that law abiding activity should be able to exercise their
2: Second Amendment. So Aiden, there was a federal judge in Oklahoma, I believe uh, he was a Trump appointee who dismissed an indictment against a guy who'd been charged back in August with this very thing, violating federal law prohibiting marijuana users from possessing firearms. Um, this judge ruled, if I read this correctly, based on the Bruin decision that this was a, that this violated this guy's constitutional rights. Yeah, this is
6: uh, one of the many fruits of the Bruin decision, was not only that it said you have a right to carry a firearm outside uh, the home for self-defense purposes, uh, which is absolutely true, but it also affirmed a test uh, for the Second Amendment um, that judges had not been using. They had been interest balancing and using that interest balancing test to, uh, to allow for gun control, um, but really now they're supposed to use what's called a text history test. So if you want to say that this gun law, is constitutional. You have to prove that it comports with the text of the Second Amendment and that there's some sort of historical analog at the time of the founding. So if someone could find a gun law that said um, you're not allowed to own a musket and smoke pot, then maybe these kinds of gun bans would be constitutional. But you're not going to find those laws uh, because the Second Amendment really meant shall not be infringed to our founding fathers. And at that time, you know, they recognize the the need for everyone to have firearms for defense from criminals and from tyrants.
3: Well, if your concealed carries a musket, you're probably uh, smoking peyote, not uh, marijuana. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I just I just sat in a training session uh, yesterday with an attorney that was talking about uh, legal recreational weed uh, in Missouri and. Uh, The workplace and, you know, the challenges that they're going to have, challenges that law enforcement is going to have, you know, do you, can you go off of, you know, what you smell, you know, if you smell or uh, reek of of a skunk or your eyes are blurry or you're talking too much or something like that. And it was interesting because it just seems like you're, you know, they're splitting hairs like so carefully because, you know, somebody that, uh, that legally smokes outside the workplace and loses their job. Uh, because they were high when they came to work, that it's going to get dicey because the, the ADA could be involved or, you know, all these things. So when it comes to the gun ownership of America, I mean, if you look at marijuana and the users that do that and they go out on the weekend and they go to the range with their firearm to, to uh, you know, to go practice, they're they're probably more than likely not smoking marijuana even before they go to the range, I would think. Um, so it's going to be a really dicey thing moving forward. However, with this judge in Oklahoma uh, setting precedents, at least in this case, it's just going to be a muddy walk down this road, don't you think?
6: <laughs> well, ultimately, uh, you are responsible for whatever you do with a firearm when you're carrying in public, uh, when you're at the range. You know, if you if you use marijuana and then go out and carry a firearm and then shoot yourself in the foot, shoot someone else by accident, or whatever, you're fully responsible and liable for that mistake. So, you know, <clears throat> I think that the law is already covered for we have laws about what you can and can't do with a firearm in public. It is to be holstered and carried around on your person for self-defense purposes, and that's it. You don't take it out for anything else. Um, and and so I, I think we have those laws down pat. I think um, you don't need something extra special criminalizing people uh, that have, you know, smell like marijuana and Also, are you know concealing a firearm? Um, We should have those. I I think I think it would be covered under federal law. So So I think that might be um, splitting hairs a little bit. If someone's trying to say, "Oh, this is going to be so dangerous," Um, and I would also note that um, at least when it comes to alcohol, there are some states that let you, um, you know, have a beer, not get intoxicated, but have uh, a drink or two and carry a firearm in a bar, say. Um, and we don't see that it's the wild West. You know, most people are responsible with the way they use, um, substances like alcohol. And I think that's just something that our society is going to have to figure out as, um, Marijuana becomes more and more prevalent at the state level. Yeah,
2: that's probably true. Aiden Johnson with the Gun Owners of America. Quickly, Aiden, before we have to go, is GOA playing a role in these lawsuits against the ridiculous weapons ban in Illinois? Because I see that several judges now have stepped in and and stayed this thing until they can get a higher court to rule on it.
6: Yes, so Gun Owners of America did file a lawsuit in Illinois against that unconstitutional assault weapons ban. Uh, We have not gotten a stay on our particular case, but we're glad to see that other folks have been successful with that. You know, we're there to defend uh, everyone's gun rights, and we're in all 50 state capitals. So um, if you're in Illinois, we're there. We're trying to help you and uh, hang tight.
2: Excellent. Aiden Johnston, listen, always great having you on with the Gun Owners of America. Where can people go to find out more and show their support?
6: So you can go to GunOwners.org and you can sign up for our free email action alert list. That's where uh, my team of federal lobbyists or our state lobbyists will give you uh, email action alerts, let you know how you can best defend your rights by talking to your politicians, what to say, who to say it to and when to say it. Um, And you can also join us and become a member at GunOwners.org.
3: And it does make a difference. Aiden Johnston, thanks for your hard work at Gun Owners of America. We will have you on again soon as this is a, a, a very fluid story moving forward. But uh, thanks for your time today.
6: Always great to chat. Thank you, guys.
3: All right, and uh, just want to remind you, if uh, you found this conversation uh, interesting, uh, to make sure you share it the the podcast with like minded individuals or or those that uh, are unlike uh, other individuals. Coming up, we've got uh, Reed Lowe, former Blues Enforcer, is going to join us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors to talk about uh, the third annual Bourbon for Badges. Love that name. Uh, we're going to do that coming up next on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
5: to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: If your day sounds like, we need to report ASAP. You
3: deserve Madela. If you've persevered through.
1: You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
0: Tourist, tour two more.
1: You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the mark
3: fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
8: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?
3: It is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors with Mark Cox. I'm Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman, our executive producer. Uh, and Carl was able to get a hold of Reed Lowe, former blues enforcer. And uh, we've got him. We've got him secured on the show because uh, on this program, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, we talk about wonderful things to do in the outdoors. Go for a walk in a park. Okay, we've, we've checked that box. Yeah, But we've got uh, a lot of support of first responders and events that support them. Reed, welcome to uh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How are you, sir?
8: I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing?
3: Good, good. Uh, so uh, I, I saw the uh, advertisement for your third annual Bourbon for Badges. Of course, I you know thought of Mark right away because he's a bourbon guy <laughs> through and yes. through. Um, and uh, but before we get to the event, tell us uh, more about your organization, St. Louis Hero Network.
8: Well um I I'm 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 just helping out a friend Charlie uh who's a firefighter and and really is the guy that leads the Hero Network and, and you know, and basically what he does is uh he goes around and, and he helps raise money for different charities um that need help uh, uh that are are typically charities that are in the line of duty or or first responders and um so I, i've known him for a few years and i've done a few auctions for him that's what i do I, I i consult events and i'm an auctioneer so um he called me up and asked me if i'd be a part of this thing and and i said absolutely with no question uh, anytime we can uh, you know for me the the first responders i always love them because yeah. they're running in when everybody else is running out and um you know i got a whole lot of respect for people that um, that live a life like that. And, and, and obviously he's a firefighter, so he's one of them. So uh, just a lot of love in my heart for those guys and, and gals and, and just want to make sure that I can do everything I can to help them out as well. Yeah, we're we're big supporters of
2: first responders down here, Reed. Uh, Mark Cox here. Uh, STLHeronetwork.com, by the way, is the website for people to find out more about that. I, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I've been invited to a lot of events over the years, and they decide they want to auction something off, and they're like, hey, here, you can you can be the auctioneer and if you don't know how to do that, man,
8: that is a skill set, isn't it? You know, I'm lucky that I have it. I'm a third generation auctioneer and my dad, my grandfather, and my uncle are all auctioneers and uh, um and and for me after I got out of hockey I started working with a company called Richie Brothers Auctioneers and kinda learned the uh the the pendulum on how to do it and you know one day Kelly Chase couldn't make the 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 auction, so they said, "Losey, you're an auctioneer, Get up there." I said, "Listen, I work for an auctioneer, but I'll give it a try, and I got up and everybody's like, "Man, have you done that before? I'm like, "No, this is my first time they're like, "You need to do this for a living so uh, over the last eight years, I've managed to work myself into the event space and and get out there and, and help as many charities as I possibly can. That's great. It's just little
2: things, Bo. I'm sure you probably had to do it before too. If you like, if you start the bidding on something too high, suddenly your people are just staring at you like nobody raises their uh, hand. You you have to worst. be smart about where to start the bidding and how to bid it up and how to how had to get cut
8: it right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was... I, it, it's so funny because a lot of these folks that hire me, uh, they uh, they're like, "Well, we we got to start the bid high." I said, "Listen, we it's not about where the bid starts; it's about where the bid ends." And That's I said, right. "The more, the lower you start the bid, the more people have engagement, the more action you're going to get in it." So it's a, it's a, there's a little bit of. A philosophical part to it but for me when you take a look at just a regular auctioneer that does you know industrial and construction equipment or furniture or states or whatever the case may be compared to uh, a charitable auctioneer like myself there's a little bit more fun to this um i like to poke fun at people i like to keep the crowd engaged i like to crack jokes and, and, and there's a comedic part to it that comes along with it to make sure that we keep the folks engaged more than anything um and then obviously you know it's uh, it, you know it's i'm a little bit of a presence and i'm a loud guy too so that helps
3: <laughs> well, and and you know, sometimes people feel like you're shaking them down, but you know, it is about the excitement. But back up here, did you say, Reed, that you are a third generation auctioneer? I am, yep, and 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 so did you were around it as a kid? And uh, did you practice it as a kid? Like, uh, were you trying to learn that skill back then, or how did I you w- come up with the skill? Because I've done auctions before, I'm terrible at it because I forgot what number I'm on, <laughs> and, and that's the yeah. worst.
8: God-given, I think. You know, I I think it was in my uh, it was in my genes. My dad was an auctioneer. Um, uh, got his auction license back in 1974, and my dad and my grandfather, and my uncle had a furniture auction, and uh, uh, did that for for several years, and then. Uh, My grandfather passed away and my dad moved into real estate and then still helped my uncle who has and still to this day does estate sales up in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And uh, so for me, when I got out of hockey, I got with Richie Brothers Auctioneers and that's really where I learned kind of the cadence on, on what to do and, and recognizing, okay, there's a $2,500 bid. Now it's 2750 Okay, he's asking $2,750. i am on a twenty five Okay, 3000 comes. I got to go back and ask. I wasn't an auctioneer there, but I was a bid catcher, and that's where I, I learned how to do it. And then as far as, you know, just talking, <laughs> I've always been able to talk real fast. So I guess it was just uh, something I was supposed to do in my uh, after, after hockey life.
3: And you got a sports superstar as your auctioneer. How much? How much better can it get for you?
8: I'm not, I'm not sure if we could put me in the superstar class, but I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't have any
2: trouble collecting the money afterwards, right?
8: I certainly yeah. don't. No. <laughs> Sometimes I think people say yes because they're a little intimidated too, which helps out. Anything for charity, guys.
3: <laughs> so Reed, uh, so this is the third annual Bourbon for Badgers. This is why we have you on. Uh, it's February 24th from 5 to 10 p.m. at Tappawingo. Um And were you involved with uh, year one and year two of this event?
8: I was not involved with year one and year two of this event. This is oh. my first go around at it. So um, it's been fun. I, I've just become a bourbon fan over the last year or so. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. So I'm really looking forward to being a part of this and and again just you know um there's a, so many exciting things going on some of the some of the bourbons these guys have managed to collect um obviously the bourbon society is involved in this that helps out tremendously um so they're reaching out to their people and anybody that would like to to donate and, and again for those out there listening if you uh, have anything you'd like to donate to the to the event we're still taking that there's still a few sponsorships available and then, and then Cobalt Tea and Smoke Restaurant, um, they've been a huge supporter of this as well. Um, I was just at a meeting with Bernadette, the owner, the other night, um, just going over all the different things that, that that it takes to put on one of these events, which is huge. And, sure. you know, obviously they're going to have it at Tapuingo, so Joe Bacardi is going to be providing the food. And um, if you've never had their food, it's unbelievable. So it's going to be a good night and, and, uh, and, and lots of good things going on. There's, like, high-end tastings, like, some of these, uh, and I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a pro when it comes to bourbon, but, you know, Elijah <laughs> Craig, 18-year, a Weller Single Barrel, Weller's 107 Store Pick, a JD Hero Gold Label, Boss Hog, these are all going to be in the auctions. You're going to have an opportunity to taste some of this stuff. Um, you're going to have an opportunity to taste just regular bourbons as well. Um, obviously, I said there's going to be food. There's going to be cigars. Um, and then obviously we've got raffles and 50-50s, and I'm obviously doing a live auction and a silent auction. So there's going to be a ton of stuff going on, and and it's going to be a really good night.
2: Yeah, I hate that I'm going to have to miss it because I am a – I've become a little bit of a bourbon snob in the past couple of years. Uh, I I do a bourbon podcast. I've I've done stuff with the uh, St. Louis Bourbon Society before. I, I they, they do such great work and they've got such a great knowledge of bourbon. So I'll guarantee you, if you go to this and the folks at Cobalt are going to be there, um, they do they they've got a great bourbon bar themselves out there off of Olive Boulevard. If people great haven't bourbon. gone and and th- this is this is great because it, here's here's what they've done. I. I looked on their website, Um, normally when you go there and you purchase the tickets and you make purchases and all that, they also have to pay a credit card fee. USA Mortgage is covering all of that. So 100% of the donation that you make is going to go directly to first responders. Uh, The St. Louis Hero Network, the Major Case Squad, uh, the St. Louis Fire Department, Honor Guard. Uh, That's why I love events like this, because people can go do what they love best which is taste really great bourbons. A couple of the ones you mentioned are uh, are really hard to find, Reed, and that, that this is why people love these events. They get a chance to go, you know, taste one of these unicorns that they can never find anywhere.
8: And, and the cool part is, is with the secondary market of bourbon, especially in today's day and age, people can go spend that kind of money and actually feel good about where the money's <laughs> going.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think tickets to go to this are like 150 bucks.
8: Um, Hundred fifty bucks, which is well well worth it. You get a few chips to go to the premier tasting, and then you're gonna get to taste bourbon all night. So, um, and then you can buy more uh, chips to to taste the higher end stuff if you want. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great deal, and and you can go to one, and it's spelled out, you know, O N E one, one pal dot net backslash badges two thousand twenty three backslash welcome. Uh, If you want to go there, I'm sure if you go on Facebook, you can just Google um, uh, uh, bourbon for badges and uh, it'll come right up as well. So tickets are still available. There's sites, uh, there's clicks on there that you can jump in and and, and get on there. Um, Last check, I think we were hoping for about 150 to 175 people. And I want to say that on Tuesday night, we were at about 120. So um, there's only a few weeks left to buy tickets, and uh, we expect it to be sold out. So if it's something people are looking to uh, be a part of and get on, I would say the sooner the better if uh, if you want to be involved.
3: Yeah, I I do love uh, how us humans uh, come up with some really cool events uh, like this to support really good organizations. And I just want to let people know that are listening to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors that uh, uh, it, this organization was started by firefighters and veterans in 2018, the St. Louis Hero Network nonprofit organization, and they support local first responders and military families by promoting their businesses, which I think is awesome. And uh, they've got a careers page. I'm on the website right now. Uh, check it out. Um, STLHeroNetwork.com. And a, a very cool event that uh, your uh, your uh, blues enforcer, Reed Lowe, is a big supporter of. I think it's cool that you're jumping behind this. Uh, but Mark, I mean, we got to cross-pollinate, man. How are you going to get Reed on your MASH uh, podcast? Uh, yeah, talk no, bourbon, no, man. We'll
2: have to do that. I mean, see, like to me, it sounds like Reed is still learning about bourbon. That's why I love this. I learn something new every day.
8: <laughs> I'm, 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 I try to learn every day. The day you stop learning, the day you stop living, right? Yeah, exactly. Amen to that. we got we to get you on something other than that
2: Canadian whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a taste of home my goodness I like know pancakes. I know I know uh Reed Lowe <laughs> thank thank you for your time we appreciate
8: your, your good work on this you bet guys and uh you got my number so uh just let me know when you want me to come on anytime doll. outstanding we'll we'll talk again soon thank you all right See you absolutely
2: Bye-bye. yeah I'm sorry I've got I'm sorry I'm gonna have to miss that one uh I, I I I would love to go, and I checked my calendar, and I've, I've got uh, I'm getting um uh, my sinus I'm getting sinus surgery that day, Bo, and I can't go. Oh, it's no. the 24th. I'm going to be high on something else that day. Some kind of <laughs> drugs? Uh it's uh, not bourbon, that bums me out. Oh
3: hey, boy. I anyway, will, I well,
2: will, I will mention uh, because we mentioned at the top of the show, my bourbon event for my radio show is coming up. Um, for on March 2nd, people can go to 971talk.com slash events. They can buy tickets to that. We're going to have a, a bunch of a nice bourbon selection for people to taste. Five or six, Love seven it. different companies, including Oak and Eden, where I got to do a barrel pick. Got to pick my own bourbon. People can buy it. It's going to be at the Clayton Wine House over across from Tropicana Lanes in Clayton on March 2nd. It's a ticketed event. There's going to be food. There's going to be bourbon tasting, and we're going to have a great time so people can show up. So around.
3: this is like a, a giant pub crawl, Mark, because they can go by the Bourbon for Badges event and then, uh, you know, uh, heal up, and then on March 2nd, they can come <laughs> visit you. Exactly. I
2: said, I, and probably some probably some of the same folks, because uh, I'm a, I uh, am on the website there for the St. Louis Bourbon Society, so I'm sure that uh, some of those folks will probably be there. That's fantastic.
3: Well, depending on uh, what time of the day you're listening to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, maybe you're enjoying a bourbon. <laughs> uh, but we thank you very much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Everybody.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah download the podcast. We'll see you next time around on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors.
3: See you, boys.